This podcast is sponsored by Mass Mutual. Every way we look out for the ones we love is an act of mutuality. Mass Mutual can help with the financial ones. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. Welcome back to a unique episode of Queer Money. We're always advising our listeners and readers to find groups, whether of two or of 2,000, with similar interests to network, mastermind, and learn from. And that's exactly what this Queer Money episode is about today. We've recorded interviews on-site at the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce Conference in Philadelphia last month. We interviewed 13 different corporate partners and chamber members about why they're a part of the NGLCC, why they attend its conference, and why others should do so as well. Oh, and because this is a money show, we ask for their best money tips for our listeners. You're going to like this episode and be inspired to find this and other similar connections for yourself. Here we go. Why is it important for you to come to, or what value do you see in coming to a conference like this? Oh, where do I begin? Um, This is my favorite conference by far. Uh, And what I love about it is we all talk about being our authentic self, Mm -hmm. but you really can be at this conference. Um, I was thinking to myself or joking with somebody. uh, I was like, you know, this is one of the first places or one of the only places that I don't get (laughs) (laughs) served. But I love it. You know what I mean? Nobody judges you on how you look or anything like that because we're all here to meet people and do business. And what I love about it is no matter how big or small you are, you're going to find someone that you connect with, that you can partner with, maybe do business with in Mm -hmm. the future. And, you know, not a lot of people that aren't certified can do that. There are just things that we have access to that other people don't. So as an LGBTBE, what value do you find in coming to a conference like this that the NGLCC puts on? Oh, it's such a good question. (laughs) For me, because my business sells to other BEs, I think that just having the opportunity to network and meet, you know, meet new people. So I feel fortunate enough that I've run the boot camp for the last couple of years. And it was awesome. We loved that. It was amazing. Thank you. And I think it's just the perfect opportunity to meet all these new faces who are coming into the organization and they're there for the first time and they don't really know what they're doing or who they're selling to necessarily. So it's a good opportunity to provide that clarity. Mm -hmm. And then as someone who sells to certified businesses, it's just a great networking opportunity. So Jonathan, as the head of this conference, this may be a common question for you, but what value do you think individuals who come to this conference get out of attending here, being here? Well, if there's one thing our community knows better than probably anybody else, We are a powerful family and nobody takes better care of each other than we do for each other and for ourselves and for our family. So being able to grow your network here, I mean, we're busting at the seams with 1,300 attendees, but we barely scratched the surface of what we can do for America's 1.4 million LGBT business owners. So just imagine how much more we can do when everyone leaves this conference with a new network, with a new series of connections to corporate America and to governments. And and now, as we've been talking about all week here, governments around the world, we have 15 nations represented here. We have the first ever trade mission from Canada sent here. These mm-hmm. governments are seeking our businesses and willing to spend top dollar because they want our innovations at the table. So mm-hmm. it's only going to get bigger and better for all of us. So as an LGBTBE, what value do you get out of attending a conference like the NGLCC conference? 
Well, two things. One is to network with other businesses that have been certified for an extended period of time and have been successful and learn from some of their mistakes and also some of their tips. You know, that's quite important for me. And then the other is to also connect with sponsors of the chambers across, you know, the national sponsors as well as other companies who are here who are representing the community or who are allies. And I think that's key for my own business is to connect with that, something I did previously before I started my own company. So as an LGBTBE, what value do you get in attending the NGLCC conference? I've been certified as an LGBT business enterprise or BE for over a decade. And at this point, I feel like it's a family reunion, honestly. (laughs) So many people said that. Oh, yeah. It's great. You know, the value of conferences builds over time. I think when you invest in the Mm -hmm. front end, it starts to snowball in this really wonderful way. And to this point, at this point, I now know a lot of the corporations and clients that I now work with, I have contracts with, I get to see them, I get to meet their new team members, they are excited to introduce the team to me. Um, And we don't, we do pass like ships in the night otherwise, right Mm -hmm. out in the world. Um, We work with clients all over the country and the world. So um, this is a really great opportunity to have FaceTime. Everyone's like not working. We're here to socialize and just be with each other, you know. And so relationships get made and created and deepened Mm -hmm. here. And then it's also really cool to see the growth of LGBT-owned businesses, you know, hundreds more joining every year and getting certified and uh, we actually taught a boot camp the first day of the conference for new, <laughs> newly certified <laughs> companies, yes, such new. as yourselves, <laughs> right. you know, and kind of decoding supplier certification and the conference and things that we do called matchmakers, which is our one-on-one um, meetings with corporate buyers to kind of introduce our businesses. And so there's so much that happens here that can sustain your business and grow your business over the course of the rest of the year. It's just a great community. So as an LGBTBE, what value do you see in coming to a conference like this? I know it's your first, but Mm -hmm. I think you probably have already experienced some values, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. So as a, I mean, this is inextricably linked with my experiences coming up very recently is uh, there, there was a lot of fear around like what that was going to mean for my business. I have a partner as well, and he's a straight dude. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't know what it was going to mean for me coming out. I didn't know if I was going to lose clients. I didn't know if my partner was going to be accepting. I mean, he's a pretty laid back guy, but you never know with these things, right? Right. Um, I was worried about what my family would think. And like after coming out, like I was introduced to the world of the CGLCC, the Canadian of this and then by extension the NGLCC and coming to an event like this and just meeting with so many people who are like no it's okay to be who you are right. you can still be a professional you can still have a good life you can still build something for yourself it's a little harder but we're all here to support each other and it's it's absolutely beautiful so why would you encourage other businesses like yours to attend the NGLCC conference well of course there's the opportunity to meet meet potential suppliers But beyond that, I think it's the inclusive attitude and the opportunity for learning. I mean, just from the start of the conference today and the plenary sessions and in the breakout sessions, it's it's a great opportunity to remind me why I do what I do and why inclusion and diversity is so important to our company and to the communities that we operate within. Not that it's easy to forget, but 
an experience like this really deepens the feeling and allows you to connect with other like-minded people. And when we partner together, whether it's us with other corporations or with suppliers or the NGOs or the government agencies that are here, we can do so much more together Mm -hmm. as an organization. And this is a great place to build networks of people who can work together to accomplish more. So why would you encourage more businesses like yours to attend the conference and to join the NGLCC? I feel like people who don't know the NGLCC, like don't know that NGLCC exists, it baffles me. Because if you look at the numbers, it's like 1.4 million LGBTQ business owners across the country. And the number of certified businesses is like somewhere just over a thousand. It's like, that's like, we need more people here. And they put on one of the best damn conferences. Yes, there it's, is. it's been With a lot of fun. Music. This is their first one. It's been a lot this of fun. This is your first one? Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is my 10th. So yes. I've been here 10 times wow. and I have been spoiled because I go to other conferences and they're just... Like, what is happening? Like, they don't. <laughs> so I feel like NGLCC pays a lot of attention to detail yeah. and, and, and it's community, right? So there's so much opportunity for community that you don't get in other conferences within yeah. our own community, of course. Absolutely. So why would you encourage more businesses like yours to attend a conference like NGLCC and try to partner with small businesses, LGBT owners? Yeah. I think especially some of those ones that may be on the fringes. Uh, and not be uh, be more concerned about shareholders or customers than maybe the community. I got it. And you know, most small business owners are very small, small businesses. And so every year I get to meet brand new uh, certified LGBTBEs. Uh, and I get to meet business owners who are deciding if they're going to become certified. Um, a good friend of mine who's here for the first time from Seattle, and I, we were just talking, and she had 15 meetings lined up for today. And she did this on her own. So, you know, the, what the NGLCC provides is a platform, a forum to make this happen. And what she did, because she is passionate about her business, is she is turning that into a revenue stream. Yeah, and there's nice. another side of it. You know, there's the supplier diversity side, which, you know, not every small business is ready to take on a major contract where the fact that they're a certified LGBT-owned business will make a difference for them to get that contract because they're not looking for contracts yet. Their business right. isn't there. Right. But when their business is the NGLCC gives a layer of certification that makes their business more competitive. And I'll just give the Wells Fargo example. So by 2020, we want to be 15% of our spend is with diverse owned businesses. Awesome. To give you a sense of where we are today, in 2017, it was $1.27 billion that we spent with diverse owned businesses. And to grow to 15% is hundreds of millions of dollars more that we're planning to spend with certified uh, small business owners. So the certification is important. Uh, the opportunity to be in the mix of this community and to feel the support from other LGBT small business owners and corporations like Wells Fargo. Uh, there's so many great reasons to come. So uh, why would you encourage someone who is similar to you, uh, has a business similar to you, so maybe an LGBT business that hasn't attended the conference, why would you encourage them to attend? Well, I would encourage them to attend to learn from other people so they can speed up their own learning curve. I mean, that's most important, I think, if you can learn from best practices. And it's you learn more from what other people tell you what didn't work. And so that's equally important. And rather than trying on your own and tripping over your own feet, you know, like (laughs) I've done, I like to learn a little bit to just try to, you know, reduce some of that frustration that occurs when you you know, don't have the background and you don't know how to fit, how to, how to navigate and use the certification also successfully. 
So why would you encourage more businesses like Merrill Lynch's to join the NGLCC and come to a conference like this? There is very little information easily found when it comes to what people in the gay and lesbian community need. It's hard to find, and I myself have to be a very forceful advocate sometimes, asking companies, can you tell me more about this footnote in the study? Hmm. Can you tell me, were there any gay and lesbian people, LGBTQ people, who came up in this study right. when I see this little sentence here? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes asking for this person, that person, and the fourth one in can give you the information. But if we're here, where the industry is talking, there are so many statistics here where people are sharing, they're happy to share, and they want it out there. Right. So I was talking to people from AARP. I had no clue that they have anything to do with the gay and lesbian community. I just thought, well, if, if you can get some services from there, it's great. Mm-hmm. But don't count on much because not many people are paying attention to our community. Yeah. Finding out that I can connect people better beyond just making sure your financial plan works. That's my responsibility to be at a place like this and to figure out where all the other pieces come in because our community doesn't have enough connectors like that who know what Absolutely. you need, where to go to, and who to ask. Right. Yeah, we get um, a lot of publications reach out to us, say, we have this new study we just did. We'd love for you to feature it in your podcast or in Forbes. And we're like, that's great, but where's the LGBT angle? <laughs> and fortunately, a couple of companies have gone back and said, okay, we'll kind of enhance the study. We'll start reaching out to that population and we'll come back to you. So it's, we're getting there, but it's slow, slow progress. Right. But it takes people to ask. Yeah. And if nobody's asking, they're not going to do it. Why would you encourage other organizations like yours to attend the conference? I think uh, sometimes we can have a lot of skepticism about attending any conference, but I think the chamber has really done an amazing job of putting so many great and important speakers, and you can just look at the agenda and see kind of the weight of uh, who's here and what the topics that we're talking about are. Right. It is kind of amazing how there is just this group of powerful people who are in this space all for something that's good, right? They're not here as competitors, but they're all here as something good. So why would you recommend other businesses like yours to consider joining the NGLCC or the Canadian version of that? (laughs) Sure. So it's, I mean, the people that you meet at the end of the day, that's what it is. I mean, they... I, I can't speak too much about the NGLCC, but for the CGLCC, our CEO, Daryl, is a wonderful, wonderful man. And he does everything he can to connect people with each other. And I go to events and I meet other people who are supportive. And I mean, they're happy to speak with you. And like so many connections are just made from between businesses, people who are open to working with you, people who are excited to speak with you. That's, I think, for me anyway, that's the real selling point for me. Yeah, it's. I think one of the messages I got from what we were just talking about is this whole like cliche idea of it's not, it's not the what you know, it's who you know, and that's kind of what this is about, right? Finding out those, finding those people. So that brings up a question for me. You have a lot of resources. You have a lot of stature in the community. If you're a smaller LGBTBE, what suggestion would you have if you come to this conference next year to kind of maybe stand out from the crowd and you, you might not have the resources that you have? Yeah, I would just say, you know, everybody has a different way of doing homework. We all feel like we've got a nice angle and and uh, can, can think of something someone else hasn't seen. Um, I would just say, 
what we do and what I recommend others do is just when you're spending time on social media, um, if you were on, especially Twitter, you're going to find a lot of people are preparing themselves for this conference under hashtag NGLCC18. And I would just say, you know, try to figure out who are these people and get to know them a bit. Um, then also crossing over into LinkedIn, connecting their um, hashtags work on LinkedIn as well. But I do a little bit of homework through just seeing who's active and also preparing for coming to an event. And then after that, you can kind of get a sense from uh, from them. You'll meet, you'll, you'll find others that you didn't even know you were connected to that are also going to be coming as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think going into this, it can be kind of daunting. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. 1,500 people, you yeah. might not know. You could be a very small business just getting started. And you or might an introvert like me. <laughs> <laughs> You're an extrovert like me. This is great for you. But um, what I think is, is, is great is everybody here is really interested in partnering mm -hmm. with everyone else or at least being able to help someone else yeah. from the biggest companies to the smallest companies. So I think it's a very welcoming environment, at least from our first 24 hours here. And I would just, you know, just, uh, I mean, it's easy for me to say, but always just approach these things and say, oh, it's overwhelming, but divide and conquer. Yeah. Just start with the person right next to you and just kind of look around. And after a, after a week of doing that, next thing you know, it's like, wow, I've met a lot of good people. I know a lot of the folks in the room now. And I don't know. It's not always necessarily easy to do that, but when you start dividing and conquering the room, next thing you know, it, over time, you've, you've done a good job for yourself. Here's a quick word from our sponsor. If, like us, you're getting to a time in your life when you're starting to think about the financial ways of protecting your loved ones, MassMutual is there to help. Now let's get back to the show. So um, this is uh, probably going to be a really important one for you as uh, not only a person of color, but also an LGBT. When you look at what the kind of the, the state is in the country, this whole idea that everything is equal because we got marriage, why do we need a conference like this? Why do we need to connect LGBTBEs with these large corporations? That's a really great question. So this this conference is important in a way that we don't get to see a lot of people like us on a regular basis. Right. Um, I always say there's a great example. There's an event in D.C. Uh, that happens every Monday, and it's majority black queer women. And I'm just like, wow, how are people coming out on a Monday every night? And there's something about having safe spaces yeah. for people who are like you. Um, and NGLCC is a very unique and rare space for the entire LGBTQ community uh, to be a part of, no matter how you look, no matter your gender, everyone, like I said before, is welcome here. Um, and I think there also are important conversations to be had. Um, we saw that with the race and intersectionality conversation and conversations that need to be had, like the whole marriage equality because that's fantastic. Sure, I can marry my partner, but guess what? I'm still black mm -hmm. and there's still black people being killed out on the streets. And so there's still a lot of work to do. And I think it's important to have conferences like that where we have people that are more receptive to those conversations. Right. And like I said, NGLCC is just so unique and it's just nice to be around other people like you that identify as queer and are also business owners and people that want to do business with us because they see the talent, they see the uniqueness that we have, and they love the diversity that we have. Yeah, I'm just going to jump in here for a second. I loved the whole idea of what you were just talking about. I think that challenges make us grow, but when we're in a safe space, 
that's where we thrive, right? That's where we really blossom. We get to bear our fruit with the people that we love being around. So I love what you kind of inspired there. I love how you said that. If people that are listening to this, you need to tweet that right now. That's amazing. I love how you said that. Well, she's doing her work for us. Yes. That's awesome. Hashtag queer money. Yes, yes. Thank you. So why do you think it's important in the world we live in today with the discussion around equality? Why do you think it's important for there to be an LGBT business connector to these large corporations? Well, I think that to some degree, if there weren't a connector, maybe companies wouldn't take it as seriously. They wouldn't have that added pressure. A lot of companies have the external pressure from the community at large. They have internal pressure from employees. I think organizations like NGLCC and other advocacy-related organizations are the ones that really put that kind of public pressure on to say, mm-hmm. you need to take equality seriously. Right. Somebody's got to be the instigator for some of this progress, yeah. right? And this and is one of those why things. Why not be the instigator? Right. Exactly. It's more fun that way. Yeah, right. It evolves the way you want it to look. Right. <laughs> So we live in a, I think, outside of our community, we live in a climate where a lot of people think, okay, everything's equal. You've got marriage equality. So why do we... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Those of us on the inside know that. Why do we still need a conference like this that that marries up these opportunities between small businesses and large corporations. Well, just just look at the the sort of scales. If we you know we could put up a visual, I would of, of the sort of the scales of justice tipping back and forth. Yes, we can be married in fifty states. Yes, I can also be fired in 28 of them for putting my husband's photo on my desk. Yes, I can, you know, travel freely across borders. No, I cannot re-enter the country if I've been diagnosed with HIV outside the United States. Yes, I can seek business advice and, and, you know, assistance from Fortune 500 companies across America. But if I walk into a bank, I'm only guaranteed protections and non-discrimination ordinances in 11 states. Right. Are you kidding me? Right. It's 2018. Mm-hmm. So sure, we won the right to marry and I couldn't be happier. I hope my husband's pretty happy about that. <laughs> but we have a long way to go. And specifically what this conference represents in terms of economic hope for our community is that we're coming into our own about throwing that weight around. Yeah. You know, for too long, all people thought of when it came to LGBT people and our businesses was, what do we spend? You know, why do those rainbow uh, rainbows pop up every June? It's because they want that $917 billion that we spend every year. Right. But now we know what a force we are for good in the economy to the tune of $1.7 trillion. We'd be the 10th wealthiest economy in the world if all LGBT people decided to start our own island of business. Um, be a great place to live, right? <laughs> but, you know, that's what an amazing thing to think that we're now putting that power to work. And moreover, as we heard all week at the NGLCC conference, we are tying our boats closer than ever with other communities because, spoiler alert, LGBT people are in every other community. Right. We are women. We are people of color. We are indigenous peoples. We are people with disabilities, veterans, you name it. Combine all of us. We're talking about tens of trillions of dollars of economic power. So when we use that to our advantage, when we hold companies accountable who seek us to be customers and partners of theirs, when we hold governments accountable by reminding them it's our tax dollars that pay for your opportunity to potentially discriminate against us, (laughs) you better believe we're not going to stand for it and we're going to put our money to good use. So what is your favorite thing, business-wise or social-wise or whatever? What's your favorite part about coming to the, this conference every year? Oh, well, I love – in fact, I had told them and others, I love it when they mix it up and go to new cities. So the fact that we're in Philly makes a big difference because 
because, you know, we go to a lot of conferences, many of us, uh, during the course of, you know, every year. And if we keep going to Vegas or Fort Lauderdale all the time, I love the cities, but it's wonderful when you get a chance to discover a place like Philly. Right. Absolutely. And Pink Banana threw a, um, a welcome reception the other night. That was yeah. fabulous. Yeah. It was, I'm glad you guys were there. Yes, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You know, number one, it's nice to try to stand out from amongst the, the crowd of 1300. But then also it's our way to try to say thanks to a lot of the folks we do business with. And we, and we have a lot of people here in Philly and also folks that we knew were coming into town. So it was just a great way to kind of bring everybody together. So when you look out at the kind of general population, I think there's this uh, perception of equality, especially since 2015, that we have a marriage equality, everything is equal. So why is it necessary? for corporations like Wells Fargo to be here connecting with these small businesses that are, are minority-owned businesses, LGBT businesses? You know, I was really inspired uh, by the panel yesterday. Marquita, who leads the LA LGBT Chamber, said something that I think will be one of the things that surely sticks with me, which is, you don't truly have equality, you have privilege when you look behind you and there are still people behind you who don't have the level of equality that you have. And, you know, whether that is in the transgender community or uh, it's in gender for gender identification. You know, one of our LGBT leaders comes from the HRC. And right after marriage equality, um, I was talking to him about, you know, I'm going to renew my donation this year. And he's like, it's so critical that you do because so many people think it's over, right. that it was all about marriage equality. And boy, do we know it's not over now yeah. with with everything that's going on in the world, let alone just in our country. There is still so many steps to take and so many conversations to have. Um, I'll share a quick anecdote, but I uh, I went to college in Tucson, Arizona, and there was a LGBT organization that's no longer called Wingspan, and they were interviewing the executive director, and they asked him a question, which was, what is the single most important thing that the LGBT community can do to reach for equality and for equal treatment? And his answer was, come out of the closet, because then more people will have a brother or a colleague or a neighbor, and it, and it takes it from something over here that's far from me to something personal. And so I think about where we are, and we have made strides, and we have to hold on to strides. And, and I'm grateful for what the, the role the NGLCC plays in defending our rights, uh, not just as an LGBT community, but as an LGBT small business community. Right. So yeah. We're all still following in Harvey Milk's footsteps, huh? We right. are. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I love the comment that you just made about coming out. I think uh, statistics recently have shown that 40% of Americans are still not out at work. I'm sorry, LGBT people are not out at work. Uh, massive number of people who are not interacting on a daily basis with people who may not know somebody who is LGBT. And that can only help encourage more people to be comfortable with working with LGBT businesses, getting their cake from the right shop, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a funny example. But so I moved from Arizona, um, a far more conservative state, mm -hmm. and uh, to New Mexico. And then now I'm in Seattle. And uh, one of the first things that I totally got when I got to Seattle that was different than every other move, uh, because we have an amazing team member network, which is an employee resource group, um, which we have 12,000 team members and employee resource groups. They've been around for 25 years at Wells Fargo. But one of the largest for our company is in Seattle. And what they gave me on a platter, like a gift, was community. Yes. I moved to a new place, and they gave me community and friendship. And uh, I think that's a big part of it, too. People come out in a community. They come out with support. They come out where they feel safe. Yeah. And uh, as an example, one of the things that we do participating in the NGLCC is we learn and we create and we inspire uh, employer resource groups. And yes. I think that's a really important work. 
So we hear a lot about equality and everything being equal and want to have an equal playing field for everyone. So why do you think we need a conference like this? Why do we need something special for the LGBT community that connects us to other organizations? I think we all want to do business with someone that we connect with and that understands our story. Mm -hmm. And I think this is just another great way, just like any chamber of commerce for a town out there. It's a great way for us to connect with people that understand our story and are there to help us step by step and, and don't judge what we're going through or what we've been through um, with our business or on our personal lives. The question is really around this whole idea that we've seen a wave of equality in the United States, especially with after marriage equality. And I think a lot of people outside the community, they think everything is equal, you know, <laughs> because oh, you can get married, right? <laughs> yeah. So why do you think it's important? And I know you just mentioned some of these, but why do you think it's important that we have a conference like this that is designed to connect small LGBT businesses with large corporations? So many reasons. Uh Look, the companies are still learning about being inclusive Absolutely. of all kinds of diverse businesses in their supply chains. So when you look at corporations, they have they have real goals around uh, women-owned business spend and minority-owned business spend if they're a federal contractor in any way, which a lot of the major companies are. And so, but they don't have uh, goals that are imposed on them for LGBT spend. Mm -hmm. So the companies that are here have made a strategic choice that they want to be inclusive beyond the requirements, which nice. is really cool. I mean, I study Definitely. corporate social responsibility and how brands can be inclusive and how they can walk the talk when it comes to uh, being a, a good citizen in the world and standing up for your diverse talent. You know, these companies employ tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, many of whom, particularly millennial talent, are looking to their company to say, do we support Diverse talent, diverse markets, diverse suppliers and vendors. You know, are we giving back to the community? Are we doing business with the community? Because right. this is more than just a philanthropic mm -hmm. venture. I think the, the thing that makes this so unique is it's a business conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so really, important. really exciting. It's exciting to be wanted, needed, sought out because of who we are. Yeah. And by the way, we build businesses differently. You know, we are... The gifts of being LGBT mean um, that we look at things differently. We problem solve um, mm. in a unique way. We we pull from different talent sources, perhaps from our networks. Mm. We think more inclusively as we build our businesses and staff them up. So all of that brings innovation to our, I mean, in my case, l much larger, often less innovative and nimble clients. Mm. Because we are young and nimble and flexible and like, you know, really on the cutting edge. And this community is so on the cutting edge, you know, of so many things. Um, we kind of have to be. Yeah, we kind of are forced to be. Right. Yeah. She just said we're young. Said kind of reinforces Todd Sears' um, theory on return on uh, equality, right? Return on equality. Because we look at things differently. We provide different recommendations and solutions. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's our superpower. Yes. Yeah, I like that. It's our cape. It's our cape. <laughs> yes. I wear it every day. Nice. <laughs> Proudly. So when we look at the climate around the country uh, right now, I think there's a lot of people who think that everything is okay, partly because of marriage equality. Uh, everything is equal now, right? Why is it necessary to have a conference like this that does connect LGBTBEs, uh, these smaller businesses, with these large corporations? Well, not everything 
<laughs> is you know, the climate other than being humid here in Philly? Uh, uh, I'd say it's a, you know a little humid uh, around the around the country. And and as I've told you guys before, the change is not linear, right? right. It's like a stock chart; it goes up, it goes down. I mean, the long term progress is is uh, you know up into the to the right for LGBT equality, but there are going to be a couple steps back, a few steps forward. You always have a step back here or there, and that's what we're seeing right now. But What's encouraging to me, having screened companies for their uh, workplace equality uh, for the last 20 years, is that we've got a record number of companies in the workplace equality index now. So a record number of companies are, are supporting their LGBT employer groups, supporting uh, the local uh, chapters, supporting the community. Uh, and that tells me that you know, regardless of what's happening in D.C., that at the corporate level, things are still pretty good. Right. Um, and, and we're about to run a, another a, a survey of LGBT uh, employees and public companies, and we're going to talk about you know the atmosphere pre and post election. Yeah. Oh. What does that look like? Right. And it'll be interesting. I'll share the the findings with you when we get them. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, I think what you'll find is that corporations, as I've said before, lead social change. Absolutely. And corporations are are probably even leaning in a little bit harder knowing that some of their minority employees are feeling a little threatened today. Outside of our community, I think there's a lot of individuals who still believe or maybe now feel that everything is equal because of marriage equality. And so when you think about that, why do you think a conference like this that connects LGBT businesses to large corporations is so necessary? There is so much that was not solved by just <laughs> marriage equality. Really? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so in finance, I'm coming across people like I just I spoke to a man earlier this year who's just starting a financial plan because he's been living with a long for a long time with HIV. And he said, I thought I was going to die young. Right. I never made a plan because who am I to need a plan? Right. But now I'm here. And I'm going to live. Right. And I want to know what that looks like. I want to know what my options are. And there are people who have been together for 12, 15, 25 years, and they've got no plans on getting married. Mm-hmm. They still need to figure out what happens next. Right. Or, you know, life is complicated. So you've got your partner and the children that you had with them. Now you are no longer together because, you know, gay marriage gay divorce and gay estate planning gets a little more complicated. So there are still things that need to be navigated. Why do you think that it's important for us to have a conference that is pairing LGBTBEs with corporations when we hear this word of equality kind of being pushed around right now? Everyone seems to think that some things are equal now after marriage equality. Well, I think that Data definitely shows that that's not the case, and I think most people have some lived experience that they know that as well. Even if that was the case, we know that things can go under threat. And you know, with the good times might have been the Obama years, and we still didn't have equality then, and we don't have it now, and now we're under attack. But I think businesses offer a chance of uh, a way to fight back, a way to resist, and a way to thrive. And uh, I think many businesses get it, and they're enthusiastic about supporting um, our community. And I think 
that if you haven't paid attention to the chamber for the last couple of years, you might be even surprised how far things have come along, both for that organization, for this conference, and then for the things that we're accomplishing in the business arena. Nice. When you think about the conversation, I think it's very much going on here in the United States, this whole idea of equality. And and because of marriage equality, I think a lot of people outside of the community think that everything is equal now. Why do you think it's necessary? <laughs> Everybody laughs at that. <laughs> <Right>. How cute. <laughs> right. Why do you think it's necessary for there to be a conference that's connecting LGBT businesses with these large corporations? If we were equal, <laughs> we'd be able to travel anywhere in the world without fear of being murdered. Yeah. or without fear of being thrown in jail just for existing as right. who we are. Trans women specifically have a much higher rate of suicide, much higher rate of violence against us. Um, our homeless rate is like four times that of the national average. Mm. Our home ownership rate is like one-tenth the national average. These are all American statistics, and I just saw them in a presentation yesterday, so okay. which, that's why they're fresh in, fresh my, in my mind. Right. Um, like all across the board, we have disadvantages. Hmm. Not not back home, but here in the US, you can be fired for being LGBT. Right. And there's no legal repercussions. Right. In Canada that's different, but like we are not equal. We're just not. I'm sorry. We're not. Like marriage equality is wonderful. It's great. It's the first step. Right. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. That the whole idea of it being the first step. <laughs> so whether business specific or not, um, what's been the highlight of this particular conference for you? Well, I mean, instinctively, I want to say the music because the energy, <laughs> the energy has been on point here. Uh, but for me, I would say it's the networking, really building those new relationships, seeing old friends. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and somebody said it earlier in one of the sessions. Sometimes it's a bit like a family reunion mm. and. And that, for me, is a fantastic thing to look forward to when you build a network over a sustained period of time and you're looking forward to a conference because you want to see some of those old friends that you've built. It, it's a great opportunity and it, it really cements the importance of events like this. Okay, so not necessarily business related, but what's been the most fun aspect of this particular conference for you so far? I got to hug Martha Stewart. <laughs> no, no uh, that was pretty great. But, um, you know, the, the, this is... I love this week. And I mean, I, I, I we work so hard all year to put this conference on and it feels like it's over in a flash, but man, right. it's, it's so powerful. It's so amazing to see this family in action. But I, for me personally, I had such an honor this year as, as I had the last couple of years of sort of having my Oprah moment on stage, getting to interview um, some great people with great stories to tell. And particularly this year, we focused on people whose personal journeys have advanced our mission. Uh, two phenomenal women of color who were in the room when we moved the HRC to ensure that our businesses are included in every supply chain that applies for the HRC Corporate Equality Index. We talked to uh, both a straight ally with a transgender child and a transgender business owner talking to each other about lessons that we need to share out in the community to make lives better for the next generation. And then talking to the parents of Matthew Shepard. It's been 20 years since we lost him, mm -hmm. but through a partnership with the foundation, the Matthew Shepard Foundation and the NGLCC Global Program, we've created a fellowship in his honor to make sure every queer youth that wants to have an opportunity to live his legacy uh, as as an out member of the State Department, uh, spreading a mission of, of love and tolerance and respect around the world now will have that chance. 
I'm a lucky guy to get to do this yes. for a living. Not everybody gets to have their day job and their gay job be the same thing. <laughs> I am a really lucky guy that that's true for I me. I got to steal that tagline. That's, yeah, like that's it. awesome. <laughs> okay, so not necessarily business related, but what has been the most fun for you about this particular conference this year? You got to hand out checks. <laughs> we did. Yeah, <laughs> Lots lot of, of big checks. <laughs> yeah, the smile on my face is super real in those moments because those are the affiliate chambers that we're handing money to. And if you could hear the inspiring stories of the business development and incubation of small businesses and scholarship programs, the things they do as a result of those funds. And those are funds Wells Fargo gives to the NGLCC $100,000 that they in turn through an impartial fair process deliver. But what it allows us to do through that partnership is to allow chambers to dream and to expand their their current state into a place that they want to go. So that definitely was a favorite moment. I'll, I'll pick a different one if you don't mind, though. No, that's tough. Totally okay. So on Friday, Friday, whoa, on Tuesday, <laughs> it's confusing. <laughs> We're doing the same thing. <laughs> what day is it? What day is it? On Tuesday, for the first time, one of the re- optional receptions... Uh, was a combo LGBT veteran-owned small business reception. And we sponsored that reception along with several other sponsors. And we recognized uh, two small businesses that are LGBT veteran-owned as business of the year. And we did it with a similar certificating uh, organization uh, called Novoba and the National Association of Veteran-Owned Business. And so the NGLCC partnered with this organization and created this new concept. And my fiancé, he's in the Navy. And, um, you know, it's a different world. Uh, he's the first person in, in the military I've had a significant close relationship with. My grandfather was in the Air Force, but he didn't talk a lot about it. And so I think about it from the side of supporting him as, you know, my partner in life, um, as somebody I dearly love. And also because he anticipates when he retires from the Navy that he'll be an entrepreneur. And I think about my role supporting him in that and listening to the stories of the two uh, veteran small business owners, and both of them had their spouses there with them and talking about the commitment and the impact they made. That was my favorite moment. It was a new moment. You know, I've been coming to NGLCC for years. Mm -hmm. That was a new moment and a powerful one. So um, whether business related or not, what has been the most fun part of the conference for you so far? <laughs> <laughs> I actually just attended a, a breakout session on the LGBTQ2 um, plus and the, you know, all of the monikers that go along with with the LGBT community and the generations and how the different generations and the different sectors really see it differently and how as an organization, we really have to watch and be very mindful on our marketing to make sure that we are reaching every group and every generation for the community to really make a larger impact for them. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think so. we're, we're all still kind of learning, I think. Yeah. Right? So then, other than meeting David and me so far, what's been your favorite part about the conference? <laughs> yeah, the debt-free guys <laughs> with queer money. So the most greatest fun for me is having a dialogue, a deep dialogue with other businesses that are successful. Earlier this morning, I had I spoke with another company who's been in business for, I think, 20 years, you know, very successful in healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, with many large companies and, you know, it's great to have have people like that that, you know, are willing to lend a hand like I am to help other people. Right. You know, that it, people are welcoming you with open arms that, you know, recognize you're new, you know, newly certified. How can I help? Happy to share tips. And for me, that's, you know, 
I'm always helping the community. I want to help the community more. And it's it's great to have other people here who are also willing to do that. And that's quite unique because other con- conferences I've attended, you know, like a medical conference, you know, everyone is focused on studying up on the latest trends related to the disease or who's saying what, what competitor is saying something. It's uh, less collaborative. Yeah. And this is, an op- this is, I think, a real opportunity for collaboration. So find those people who are collaborative and then, you know, like hook onto them around, you know, <laughs> so that you, you create a, your own network right. because having 20 people that you're quite connected with can really be meaningful. And that's what I would like to do. So it doesn't have to be business related, but what has been the most fun aspect of this conference so far? Well, we did an author event oh, nice. last night at a an, a very historic and historic LGBT bookstore in Philadelphia. Actually, the oldest LGBT and feminist bookstore in the country, yeah. which I didn't know right down the street here in historic Philly. And um, the neighborhood, as we call it. <laughs> and uh, we... I'm one of many authors that are represented by Jen T. Grace, who owns a company called Publisher Purpose Press. So she's a publisher and she's a good friend and she's building her empire uh, with purpose-driven authors. So not just LGBT authors, but there's a bunch of us here. And um, it's just so significant to tell our story as LGBT authors uh, that are also business leading business voices. Um, I have a podcast called The Will to Change. Um, much like you all. And I love podcasting. My book is called Inclusion and she's my publisher. So it's just really, um, it's a wonderful synergy to be able to, I was always a consultant, but now I'm an author and more and more a keynoter and hopefully a serial author Mm. with my next book coming out next year. So, you know, we, yeah, we need more LGBT authors and particularly I write about leadership. And I write about change management and inclusiveness in workplace cultures. And there's not a lot of women's voices writing about it. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly not a lot of LGBT women. So we have to celebrate how unique we are. Yeah. And we need to get our stories out there. We need to write more books, more op-eds. Uh, we need to get on that table in Barnes & Noble, which is my goal, to yeah. be there with all the, by the way, mostly male authors right. on that table. <laughs> because you're like, where are the women? And then you look over to the self-help stacks and we're all over there. Yeah. You know, and that's that's not cool. We talk about yeah. other things too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes, we do. We have some opinions. <laughs> yeah. uh, whether business related or not, what has been the best part of this particular conference so far? Uh, grabbing drinks with you guys last night. That was great. <laughs> uh, yes, and thank you for buying. <laughs> actually, I think it was the uh, Colorado Chamber that bought. So, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. um, it's the networking. Yeah. It's it, it's the ability to talk to peers about talk to people that oftentimes I just see them, uh, you know, as a as a name on an email, and to be able to connect faces uh, with people that we talk to that we're doing surveys right. uh, from. That uh, to me, it's it's the networking, and that's what these uh, events are all about: is the networking. So we are queer about money here, so that you know our focus is is the financial aspect of life. So when you think about uh, in the past, whether it was somebody who inspired you or something that you went through yourself, what is one tip, money tip that you would convey to our audience? I would relate it to what I would do if I could go back to my younger self. <laughs> nice. uh, but I see what no, you're saying. No, it's perfect. I love this. Seriously, if I could go back to my younger self, which is the advice that I would give to anyone is to learn about money. And what I mean by that is, even if it's the basics, like 
it's crazy to me in high school, they don't teach you about how to balance a checkbook, right? things like that. On basic levels, what are stocks? What are bonds? What are CDs? What are, I mean, what does your savings account look like? Uh, what is interest rates? I wish that I had have understood that because hmm. I always, I always tell my mom, I feel like I'd be a millionaire <laughs> at this nice. point and saving, it sounds so simple, but saving every penny that you really can makes a huge difference. It's why I was able to buy a house. Awesome. Um, if I had to, you know, eat grilled cheese or, you know, <laughs> peanut butter and jelly, it's worth it if you can get to where you want. Yeah. Um, it's just no money. I know that just, it sounds like very basic, but it's something that some people, we just don't have a concept of. And as a black woman, it's definitely something that is a problem in the black community. And obviously I'm, you know, this is generalization. I know not everybody, but I think as a black person, I wish that that conversation would be um, had more within our community. A lot of times we don't want to speak about money or tell our business, but sh I feel like you should be very open and transparent because you never know who you you could be talking to right. in the room. So just know money, learn, I mean, just basic terminology and what it means and how it can help you. Exactly. Yeah, well, well and, according to Martha Stewart, you could still make a million dollars late in life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. Right. I may be semi-a-late <laughs> semi bloomer. I'm, I'll be 40 in a few years. Um, so I'm hoping that's the mark. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Awesome. So let me ask you, just from a personal standpoint, is there a money tip that has resonated with you personally, either one that you've learned yourself or maybe that someone shared with you? Yeah, you know, so many over the number of years. So let me think about one in particular that's for, for a business or an LGBT business mm -hmm. that's looking to grow that themselves economically and make an economic impact through revenue, through hiring employees, et cetera. I would say get out there and meet those potential large business suppliers. Oh, it can yeah. be daunting. Mm -hmm. It can be difficult. And I'll say we might put you through the ringer mm -hmm. because when we look at supplier diversity, we're not looking at it as doing something because it's a charitable contribution, but hiring organizations, bringing in suppliers that can contribute to the success of GSK and the success of healthcare. Right. And don't be afraid to get out there. Even if you feel like you're not ready to market your services or your goods to a large business, stop and have a conversation. Hmm. Ask what we're looking for in our potential suppliers because you'll learn something from that. So right. don't hold yourself back. Get, get out there. And if you do the right things, if you, if you listen, if you create the right network, the money will start rolling in behind it, right? So yes. maybe not a traditional money tip, but nope, hopefully one funny. that some of your listeners will resonate with. Yeah, Definitely. Absolutely. That's Thank great. you. Yeah, we actually have quite a few entrepreneurs who listen to our podcast. And I think hearing tips like that does help us kind of separate the personal finance from where that money comes from that we have to earn, right? <laughs> yes, so exactly. thank you very much, Jamie. We appreciate Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So this is the Career Money Podcast. We do talk about LGBT finance. Let me ask, what is the best money tip that you have either learned on your own or that someone gave you um, that you've applied or should apply to your life? Hmm. You know, I love I love all the new apps that are coming out there that allow 
I think they were geared towards millennials to try to figure out a way to save and think about a future. But I've enjoyed playing with those. And some of them are like Stash Invest. Uh, another one is called Betterment, which is just mm -hmm. another way of, you know, basically they're doing the same things as Schwab and, and uh, E-Trade, but they try to speak. Well, first, they're very app friendly. They're very focused on the app. And they really try to speak to a younger audience that may have $5 here or there that they can throw, their, throw towards something. And if they start thinking about doing that on a regular basis, I've enjoyed kind of playing with those because then it allows me to talk to younger people and say, oh, you know, you can do this too. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, so that's, I've been doing that. And I will say that, you know, not, not to give away too much info on, you know, in, a, in an area as awkward as that can be finance. Um, I was throwing like $200 a month towards the thing. Next thing I know, I've got like over $20,000. And I was right. like, how did that happen? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun when you do that. And you're just really surprised afterwards. And you're like, I, I didn't see that coming. Right. Absolutely. That's great advice. We appreciate you. Um, I know you're super busy. We love that you came by and gave us some time. Uh, we appreciate having you back. Well, thanks for having me. You know, it's awesome that we have this opportunity. You know, we are a financial podcast. We talk about money and you work in that sector as well in financial services. So this may be a, a softball for you. What one piece of financial tidbit or advice did you have you learned over your life or maybe that someone gave you? What is your favorite money tip or My favorite money tip? Um, and I really think for it's on the small business side and it's it's a tip of really asking questions and making sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people to help um, i think a lot of times i worked with small business owners for years that we try to be the one person that can do everything oh, absolutely and, <laughs> and you know we we sometimes can't and the clients i have that had a better relationship and a more open and transparent relationship with me um, we were better able to guide their business in the right direction and really, um, you know, come up with good game plans for them to be more profitable and be happier with what they were doing. And yeah. I think based on your, your role at TD Bank, you're trying to make that, that opening up the door for that, those questions to become easier. Correct. Yeah. yeah that's just awesome. really making it, making it a great environment for them. And, you know, I want to be part of their team. You know, we all need to have that extra person and we have expertise in different areas. Our business owners should be their brand. And right. really grow their business. And that's what they have their banker for. Then I think that we're an underutilized resource in certain areas. So hopefully people will start using you more. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in the finance field. This is a money podcast. So we're going to get a little personal here. When you look back on, on your life and you think about either something that maybe you learned from someone else or something you've learned throughout your life, could you share a money tip with our listeners? Well, as, as somebody who, who deals with money and deals with uh, people's finances, you know, start saving early, right? Start yes. contributing to the 401k. If your employer is going to give a match, that's free money. Nowhere else can you get 100% return on your money. And that is just free money. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, everybody, especially younger generations, you know, as soon as you have that ability, yes, it means a couple fewer nights out of the club. It means a <laughs> couple fewer drinks at the bar because your paycheck's a little bit lower. But is that compounding uh, effect that, uh, you know, Albert Einstein once said was the eighth wonder of the world compound interest. Right. And, you know, if you can start that money growing at a very, very early age, uh, that is a huge, huge boon for you 
in retirement. Absolutely. That's awesome. Great, That's always a great money tip. And, yes. and while you're doing it, make sure that you're saving by investing in companies that support your values. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, the Workplace Quality Index. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. I think that's one of the reasons why we have connected so well with you is that aligns with our purpose of helping our community do better. And we want to support those companies that help us do better. So thank I mean, you for there, doing that. There are 270 companies in our index. There are thousands of public companies in the U.S. Some of the largest public companies out there that are, you know, populate uh, mutual funds and index funds really don't support equality. They right. go the other way. They right. actively support, uh, you know, homophobia. And, and you don't need to be investing in those companies. You don't need to support the companies that don't support equality in right. the workplace. So obviously you're in the finance space, so you're very familiar with working with individuals with money, but let's take this to a little bit of a personal level. What is one money tip that maybe you have learned throughout your life or maybe someone shared with you that you'd like to share with our listeners? I come from a blue collar family. My father actually worked with the Marriott in the maintenance engineering for more than 25 years, still going strong. He loves it. So I know what it's like to live without the safety net of an estate plan that's going to benefit my future. Hmm. I know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck and am I going to feed the cat or buy some groceries? I right. know what that feels like. And for me, it's helped inform the way I can help people shape their lives. So you can do more with less. When it comes to the gay and lesbian population, a lot of times we're starting with people. I'm personally starting with people who are a lot lower an asset level than maybe the other people that our team typically serves. Hmm. And it's important for people to know that you can get to a place of personal empowerment, even if you're at that place right now, right. groceries or cat food, it's okay. Right. You can totally move on from there if you know a little bit more about your options. So for me, it's, it's knowing that I came from a place that didn't have a jump start, and I'm still here because of what I taught myself, what I've learned, and I can help other people go from from a family that wasn't really starting them in the strongest place to a place where they're doing it themselves. Awesome. Love that. Yeah, I think that's so important for our community. I think a lot of us come from maybe some mental barriers that hold us back and having other stories of people who have gone from nothing to success is is so valuable because it shares that that idea of opportunity with all of us. So thank you very much. We appreciate you sharing your story with us, Mia. So we're just going to ask you personally, whether it's something that you have experienced yourself or maybe something that someone shared with you, what would you say is probably one of the, the most motivating money tips that has happened in your life or that you've uh, been a part of? Uh, well, just the other day I was explaining compound interest. So I think um, I th I'm, I'm, always, I'm always shocked when I have to repeat that. And then I was here at the conference explaining cryptocurrency and blockchain, something even much harder to grasp than uh, much, compound much harder. interest. So I think, you know, I think the financial basics have uh, paid off in a huge way. And I think we can't forget that some people still need that education and they're going to benefit the most. And, you know, the time value of money and investing early, 
all those things are things that we definitely as a community need to hear because um, the data shows that uh, LGBT people don't have equal pay and financial education. And so the sooner we can do that, then we can have our own resources to support ourselves. Here, here. That's that's what Queer Money and Debt Free Guys is all about, is helping educate that community. Exactly. I think I'm going to acquiesce. We're going to have to invite you back to our podcast to talk about blockchain and cryptocurrency because I still haven't engaged with it myself. But that's for another day. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Happy to. Phew. Well, that was a bit different, wasn't it? We hope you see the personal and professional power of connection. If you're an LGBTQ small business owner, please join your local LGBTQ Chamber of Commerce, join the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, and get nationally certified. If you're not, please remember to support LGBTQ small businesses because it helps those businesses grow, it strengthens our community, and it continues to advance LGBTQ rights around the world. Finally, if you liked any quote or idea from this episode, please take a screenshot of this episode with your phone and share it along with that quote or idea on Instagram by tagging at Queer Money Podcast. Thank you. To learn more about our sponsor, MassMutual, or to find an advisor, visit MassMutual.com.